right now, this morning, we're just talking about why pray. Let's just start with the basics. What does it accomplish? There are 80 verses in the New Testament that talk about prayer, either by example or imploring us to pray. By the way, those 80 verses will be on action steps tomorrow morning on our web. Um, I put them there, I sent them to the webmaster to be put there at 9 o'clock tomorrow morning, and you can read through them all. And hopefully you'll get your Bible out and figure out the context on some of them. But there are 80 verses. This is an important concept. Constantly we have different verses in the Bible and, and different examples of prayer. So let's, let's, start, let's start with some honesty here, okay? I don't pray enough. Heck, I get paid to pray. You know, if you really want to start, that's what I'm, and I still don't pray enough. And I came to that conclusion when I started my study for this serious thing. You know, Rich, you don't pray enough. Now, you say, what does that mean exactly? Does that mean you don't get down on your knees and pray enough, or you don't pray enough at the meal, or, or you don't pray enough when you're playing golf? I do pray there a lot, actually. That's the, that's the unanswered part of your prayers. But, um, um, no, but, but seriously, when you, when you think about that, it's being conscience, conscious, and we're going to get into some definitions and all kinds of other things throughout the series, but, but it's just being conscious of God and His presence. And I don't do that enough. Um, the other part of that thing is I don't really understand prayer. I mean, how can, how can, why is it that the God of the universe, the almighty God of the world, who knows everything, who made me, who made you, and who made the creation of the world and, and all the galaxies, why does he need some stiff like me to talk to him? Well, what's, what's that all about? I would add to that, I stand before you as a product of prayer. Several years, well, not long after I decided, Charlene and I decided I'd go back to college and study for the ministry. And by this time, I'm in my mid-twenties. Um, I was sitting at my parents' home talking about that. and Just a sort of a side point for no particular reason. I was just talking to my mom and dad why I wanted to do this and so forth and, and uh, some of the struggles that I had had in the years past, even before I was married. And I, mem- I remember my mom talking and saying, you know, when you left home to go to school the first time, study for broadcasting uh, school and stuff, um, you were, I was in Atlanta, Georgia. I was raised in the country of Ohio, so I'm a long way from home. And uh, she says, I remember your dad waking up many times in the middle of the night saying we need to pray for Rich. And I thought about, God knows what I was doing. And God knows what I might have done or where I might have ended up had my mom and dad not woken up in the middle of the night and started praying for me. It's a great example for us. And we frequently still more when at different times of their life, praying for your children. I remember when our youngest left. God, that was tough, you know? When your youngest leaves, just, I'll be there for you, okay? It's just, it's hell. Um, and, and our youngest left to go to college, and 
she had been in college and it had been one full semester, I believe, and she came home for Christmas break, Stephanie, right down there in the fourth row. <laughs> People don't know who you are. Raise your hand, Stephanie. That's, that's, that's my lovely daughter and, and her lovely husband. Um, anyway, and it was after her first semester at college, Taylor University in Indiana, Upland, Indiana, and and uh, she was going back, and it was one. Of, it was a Sunday, I think. And you know what? Sunday nights are kind of my. That's the end of my week anyway. I'm usually pretty tired on Sunday nights, and so I'm just kind of fried a little bit. And I'm, my little girl's gone again. I mean, it's after one semester, and I'm just dealing with all kinds of stuff. And Charlene and I are dealing with all kinds of stuff because you know we don't know each other. We haven't seen each other in 20 years. So I mean, we're like you know, what, well, all this other stuff going on, and and and. And I'm sort of staying up late, sort of halfway praying, sort of reading, watching a little TV, turn off TV, pray a little more, think about my daughter's on her way back to school, and it's just, you know, what's going on here? I, and I'm just, you know, one of those nights. I get a call, 3 o'clock in the morning, Colorado time. I think that's, what, 1 or 2 Indiana time. <sighs> Dad, Steph, you don't believe what happened. I said, what happened? This is the van I was in going from the airport back to college flipped over in I-69. I think, oh my God. I said, are you okay? Yeah, we're all fine. I just wanted you to know. And there's a long story and they got back. And What might have happened if I hadn't been praying? I don't know. Because at the same time, there's the other sides of those kinds of stories where you are praying and, and the results aren't good. There's a lot about this I don't understand about prayer. And we need to be honest about that. We need to be very, very straightforward about that. Prayer is a huge mystery. And I want you to see that. I want you to understand that as we, as we tackle a few of these things today. Charles, I'm, I'm going to quote a bunch of great old... I love this when I have a bunch of quotes from old preachers. I don't know why. I just feel bonded to them through the hundreds of years or something. I don't know. But Charles Spurgeon, great preacher from England, 1800, said this, It hasn't been granted to us to understand fully the mysterious relationship, the eternal counsels of God, the promises of God, and the cries of His people. Nor is it necessary that we understand. Nobody truly understands this except God Himself. So why do we pray? What does it accomplish? Back to my original point. I'm going to show you... Three real simple things, very practical things. And then I wanna, the third one is going to kind of take us in a little bit of a different direction. First thing is this. The first, one of the reasons we pray, very simply, is stress release. I mean, you say, really? Stress release. Where do you get that? St. Paul wrote that in the book of Philippians. Don't, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. And, and, and this is something you're going to hear over and over. And thank Him for all he has done. You're going to hear that a lot. Because so many times, not every time, but so many times when he talks about prayer in the Bible, he talks about being thankful. Prayer is indeed an opportunity for us to release some stress and put it in the hands of someone who can do something about it. It doesn't mean, this is one of our upcoming messages about this, it doesn't mean that he's going to be a vending machine and give you whatever you order. But that's where you trust God. Oswald Chambers, another great old preacher, said this, We have not the remotest conception of what is done by our prayers, nor have we the right to try and examine and understand it all. All we know is that Jesus Christ laid all His stress 
on prayers. You're always seeing that in the and you read the Gospels. Jesus going to the mountain to pray, going to the garden to pray, going alone to pray. And he was God. Which tells me something. If he needs it, little old fallen me needs it. That was the one that I came to that conclusion. You know, I don't pray enough. I always got, you know, and that's the thing about prayer. And we're going to, another area we'll cover later more in detail. But you, you can just pray anywhere. They can't outlaw prayer. <laughs> don't you love that? <laughs> they say, we're going to outlaw prayer. And you can't do that. You can't do that. You may not have a public prayer, but they can't outlaw prayer anywhere. So one, one aspect, one practical result of this what thing that it accomplish, accomplishes, that prayer accomplishes, is a thing called stress release. Take my stress, as Jesus did, and just dump them to God. Just, here they are, God. All right? There's another aspect of the strength. Again, Jesus' words. Keep alert and pray, otherwise, this is to his disciples, and really to all of us, otherwise temptation will overpower, overpower you, for, for though the Spirit is willing enough, the body is weak. He understood human beings. Because not only was Jesus 100% God, he was also 100%, God, uh, 100% human. He says, pray strength. There's strength in prayer. And how many times have you gone to God and said, boy, I, need, I just need strength. Maybe it's, maybe it's moral strength. Maybe it's, maybe it's emotional strength. Might be physical strength. You can do that. And God, will, God, God is there for us to pray to Him. Martin Luther put it this way, prayer is the most important thing in my life. If I should neglect prayer for a single day, I should lose a great deal of the fire of faith. Prayer gives us strength as well. Stress release, strength, that's what it accomplishes. Third thing, I call it scope. I wanted to keep my alliteration going, but you'll see more scope or, or depth. Watch this. This is really good stuff. Again, it's St. Paul's writings, and again, it's in Ephesians, and this is, this will just, this is his prayer. This is, this is, I'm sorry, it's just really good stuff. It's, um, it's, um, his letter, epistle to the, to the Ephesian believers, and watch, watch, just watch this, beginning in verse 14. When I think of the wisdom and scope of God's plan, I fall to my knees and I pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. And I pray that from His glorious unlimited resources, He will give you mighty inner strength through His Holy Spirit. And I pray that Christ will be more and more at home in your hearts as you trust in Him. May your roots go down deep into the soil of God's God's marvelous love. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, how deep His love really is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is so great, that it was so great you will never fully understand it. Then you will be filled with the fullness of life and power that comes from God. That's a prayer right there. So really what he's saying is, I'm praying, and I want you to pray, that you'll have some scope, some, some, some depth into your life. Because here's what prayer does. Yeah, there's stress release to some degree. Yeah, there's, there's strength to some degree. But most importantly, it puts us in relationship with God Almighty. That's really what it accomplishes for us. That relationship with God to give us some depth and some understanding of how much He loves, how much He cares, how, as He puts it here, 
may you have the power to understand that and, and how wide and how long and how high and how deep his, re- his love really is. Prayer puts us in relationship with Almighty God. In a sense, and I don't want to overstate this, and I don't want to sound you know, preachy on this point, but, but it, it, it really takes us, in just a moment, it just takes us into the presence of Almighty God. As some people say, in, into the throne room, so to speak. Of, here's God. Of course, God's always with us, which is why we can pray all the time. I think I can illustrate it best like this. Someone asked Mrs. Albert Einstein, do you understand Dr. Einstein's mathematical equations? Her reply, no, but I understand Dr. Einstein. Is that great? No, but I understand Dr. Einstein. You see, do I understand the eternal equations of prayer and how it works? And, and what? No, I don't. None of us do. But it gives us, and I can say this, through prayer, I got a little better and continue to get a little better understanding of God and who He is. Don't always know why He does what He does or why He doesn't do some of the things He does or or how He comes up with certain things, certain equations of life. But I know that He's God. And and, and the more there's more trust there as you get to know God better in prayer. That's why, and I want to, that's why C.S. Lewis wrote this. I just got, these are just so much good stuff on this. Um, C.S. Lewis wrote this, and I think this really says it all. And you're probably going to see this again. What seem, what seem our worst prayers may really be, in God's eyes, our best. Those, I mean, which are least supported by devotional feeling... For these may come from a deeper level than feeling. God sometimes seems to speak to us most intimately when He he catches us as if it were off guard. Sometimes our worst prayers are really our best prayers because they come from our heart. And we're going to see some of those. We're going to see some of David's prayers. Some of his prayers were terrible prayers. God killed that guy and the horse he rode in on, you know? He didn't say it quite like that. He said, we call them imprecatory psalms. And we'll look at a few of them in, in, in a couple of weeks. But he just, God, kill my enemies. Does that mean we're supposed to pray for God to kill our enemies? No. It just shows you this is why David was, was called in the Scripture a man after God. So he just, he, just, he just let it go before God. I mean, you might as well anyway. It's not like God, it's not like, God, it's not like you can keep a secret from God. You might as well just tell him. I want to close with a prayer. Um, I love this book. I have a book. I got it, gosh, back in the mid-90s. It's called The Valley of Vision. It's a collection of Puritan prayers and devotions. Puritans get a bad rap. We, we read uh, Hawthorne and we read, you know, Scarlet Letter. And, 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 you know, it's like Christians of any age. There's always going to be the religious right. Uh, there are always going to be those people who just kind of get extreme and go crazy, and the Puritans had theirs too. Not all of them believed in scarlet letters. Some of them were, some of them were like us. They just wanted to follow God. And then there's this whole collection in this book, whole collection of prayers, and I love just reading it because remember it's written in 17 and 1800s, and, and there's some these and thous in there. But I mean, it just shows you the heart of of people who just who just want to experience God in a different way.
And I wanted this, this. I found this prayer the other night. I was reading, and I just, I just, I read it over and over. I made it. I just even prayed it. And I, can, I just read it to you. And then we're gonna. Then, then maybe you might want to pray. Watch this. Lord, help me, for I'm often lukewarm and chill. Unbelief mars my confidence. Sin makes me forget thee. Let the weeds that grow in my soul be cut at their roots. Grant me to know that I truly live only when I live in Thee, that all else is trifling. Thy presence alone can make me holy, devout, strong, and happy. Abide in me, gracious God. That's prayer. I'm going to do that again. Just, let's just pray. You don't have to pray it out loud. If you want to mumble, you can. You'll be real quiet. I don't care. Just read it. Just make that your prayer. Just think about that. Wherever you are in your journey of faith, this is a prayer that any, I think anybody can pray. You say, well, I don't know if I believe in God. That's okay. Pray it anyway. I tell people that all the time. That people that I know that are still struggling with their, their beliefs. I say, well, pray. Well, what if I don't? Well, pray and say, God, if you're there, hear me. You know? What's the worst thing that can happen? There's a God in heaven and He might hear your prayer. What's the, you know, what's the best thing that happened? He really is there and He's really listening. That's kind of cool. Lord, help me. Because I do get lukewarm and chill. Unbelief mars my confidence. Sin makes me forget Thee. Let the weeds that grow in my soul be cut at their roots. Grant me to know that I truly live only when I live in Thee, that all else is trifling. Thy presence alone can make me holy and devout, strong and happy. Abide in me, gracious God. And God, we only add to that. Help us. Help us as we, as we seek in our communication with You to be authentic. And we thank You that we have Jesus who, who, who the Bible tells us takes our prayers right into the presence of you, God. We thank you for that. We thank you again and, and we, we, that Jesus came and lived and suffered and died and rose again to give us life and the ability to talk to you. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen.